Every hero needs a helpful and empathetic guide. Luke had Obi-Wan in Star Wars. Danielson had Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. Frodo had Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. But what about real-life heroes like those serving the military? Who's their helpful guide to guide them on their financial journey? Let's find out together on today's episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Greetings and hello, my name is James Robert Lay and welcome to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Heart of Growth series brought to you by Nimbus and I'm excited to welcome Jill Castilla to the show. Jill is the president and CEO of Citizens Bank of Edmond as well as the founder and CEO of Roger, the first military focused digital bank that is owned and operated by the Citizens Bank of Edmond. And in today's conversation, we're going to dive into Jill's story and how a heart of growth has been at the center of her journey to launch Roger to be a helpful guide for the military community. Welcome to the show, Jill. It is good to share time with you today. It is great to be here. Thanks so much. Before we get into talking about your journey, the journey that you've been on to launch Roger from a place of care, from a heart of growth, uh, because you care, you care about the military community. What has been going well for you? What's been good, either personally or professionally? It's your pick to get started. Oh, my goodness. Um, so much goodness. Um, I've had this, you know, we've been working on building a team for the 14 years I've been here. And so to have a team at the bank that is um, just so growth oriented, has such a growth mindset, um, but also extremely locally focused, wanting to ensure that we are geographically serving our customers well, that have been with us for 122 years but then also having this mission-driven um, kind of social cause to find the gaps that aren't being served even beyond our geography uh, to be able to help. That's just been so rewarding. Um, we have a lot of really neat things we do as an organization and, and have a team of 55 people that work so hard and put their, their time and passion towards different projects. Um, that's been really motivating to be around. And then just personally, um, you know, kids are doing great things, husband's doing great things. So it just can be in a better place, um, both professionally and personally. As you mentioned, you have this organization with a growth mindset and it's purpose driven. What what do you attribute that to? Because that is that is the meaning behind having a heart of growth. It's more than just the transaction, it's putting the transformation of people over the commoditized transaction of dollars and cents. What is that more deeply rooted in? I think it's really kind of two facets for us. The bank is 122 years old and went through, I came whenever I was in trouble. And what was very profound during that time wasn't just the turnaround of the bank's balance sheet and income statement, but more profound than that was the social capital that the bank had built for 122 years and, and how our customers were saying you can't fail and not because they were concerned about their bank account, although they were maybe to some degree, but they were, this bank was so important to the community. And we're in an affluent suburb of Oklahoma City. There's literally 100 banks within a 10-mile radius of us. Um, we're one of the smallest, so you would think it'd be inconsequential whether we existed or not. But the reason that we mattered wasn't so much because of deposits and loans. It was because of the difference this bank has made in the community for generations. And so carrying over that legacy is a really, uh, really neat torch to, to carry on. And then getting a, a team put together that's highly talented, that could work at any an organization 100 times our size, 
um, but they're motivated in their ability to make an impact. So to be someplace small, um, you have the ability to have nimbleness in your decision-making, your close proximity to problems and opportunities. So you can act quickly and purposely very early and really make a difference in our community. And we've seen that repeat and repeat and repeat. And um, when you have a staff that's motivated by that, it just creates a culture of um, this purpose-driven mindset while ensuring that we're meeting the, the um, expectations of the stakeholders in our community and our, our shareholders and our team. We also, our, our largest shareholder of our bank is our employee stock ownership program. So the bank is primarily owned by those working in it. And so this extreme ownership kind of mindset permeates um, who we are, as well as this radical candor that we experience here every day. So everyone has a voice here to help make sure that we're meeting community needs, but that we're also driving the industry forward and creating a pathway for the ability for a small community to survive for another 100 years. I appreciate the perspective of legacy, of where you've been, where you're at, but now it's also where you're looking to go and looking to grow. And, and that's because this idea of community uh, has transcended physical borders and zip codes. As I mentioned in the introduction, it's also where every hero needs a helpful and empathetic guide to guide them on a hero's journey. Like I said, the, you know, Luke has Obi-Wan in Star Wars. Uh, Daniel's son has Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. And, and Frodo had Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. And now the military community has Roger, which is the first military-focused digital bank that is owned and operated by Citizens Bank of Edmond. So we have this legacy here, but then we're also writing a new chapter, creating the future, co-creating the future. Before we get too far ahead into this story, why do this? Why build and launch Roger, and why now? Yeah, and we have a mantra internally, and it comes from the Navy, that if not us, then who? If not now, then when? Um, so when we see a problem, um, we have this audacity to think, wow, we have the tools to solve this problem. If it's really something we understand well, then this small team of citizens, we believe, can really change the world. And um, the bank has been uniquely, um, the, the composition of our team has been uniquely developed and, and quite accidentally, likely because there's a veteran leading the team. 20% of us have served or are currently serving in the military. And so we understand this community very well. And so once I started sharing my story personally with some challenges early in my military career and started hearing then even people on our team have similar stories, we started identifying that a problem that has existed for decades hasn't been solved yet. And we have the tools through partnerships and as well as our own um, expertise to be able to create something very simply that could serve a community that has been somewhat overlooked for the last um, four decades. And so looking at that entry level uh, soldier, sailor, marine, air, airman, um, and being able to ensure that they're building a strong financial future, um, but with a bank that really understands them, that's something that we've can't we understand that we can implement and through our partnership with Nimbus, we can provide the top shelf um, digital experience that that age group has come to expect. You, you make a very interesting point around story. Um, I just recently did a podcast uh, that stories are what connect and bind people 
together. And I want to roll the story back here uh, because I, I like the way you, that you also framed this. It was built by a group of citizens um, that are thinking much larger from a from a place of from a heart of growth, uh, from from a place of care um, when it comes to this military community. And it is a community to your point that, that you know very well from personal experience. Take us back to the early days of your military experience and and share some of the pain and the challenges that you were experiencing back then as a new recruit. And, and the reason I, I wanna go here is because I'm a big believer that um, we can transform pain into power. We can transform past you know, troubles and challenges into future growth opportunities, which is, I, I think, what you're doing. But let's roll the clock back. What's the story behind the story? Yeah, so whenever I um, I was in a really unique family situation growing up, um, I had a single dad who wasn't supportive of the kids going to college. We were expected to graduate from high school and go straight to work or get married and lived in a small town in eastern Oklahoma. I really wanted to go to college. So I um, went, uh, was working at their local grocery store, saved enough money to pay for my first semester, thought I could continue working at the grocery store and pay for the rest of school. Um, I just couldn't do that. I was always kind of one step behind. He, um, he's a great guy. He passed away last year, but he um, didn't, wouldn't provide his financial information to apply for financial aid. I would have easily had um, been approved for that. Um, but I just kept running out of money. And so I ended up having to come back to my small town um, and was doing really well in school, but just could not keep up financially and moved into a storage building behind a house with no electricity or plumbing um, and was working at the local grocery store trying to get my feet underneath me again and um, was just really in a very, um, uh, just a really fragile, I mean, is, it seems like a silly word because it was much more extreme than that financial situation and just with limited opportunities and what I could do in my future. And so I was carrying groceries out one night and it happened to be for an army recruiter who explained that if I enlisted and completed training that I could um, then be considered an independent student and I would be qualified for the GI Bill, as well as could apply for financial aid independently without my parents. And it literally was like heavens opened up and angels started singing because it gave me a pathway. And it, this is a story that I have come to know by hundreds of other veterans and currently service, serving service members where the military was a pathway to really more economic freedom, um, which I think we kind of can take for granted living in the, in the community that I live in now. Um, and so I enlisted. I was an 82 Bravo construction surveyor, went off to basic training. I didn't have a bank account. Um, so I opened a bank account at Citizens Bank of Edmond, where I now work, um, which is really um, just really, really um, an amazing coincidence. And while I was in basic training, your, your money is direct deposited at the bank. And they were at that point in time, 30 years ago, you got it. You went to like a window and they would give you your substance allowance. So I was basically living on that and letting my bank deposit come to citizens. And over the course of my basic and AIT and some additional time at the schoolhouse, when I came back home, I thought I had about $15,000 saved up. And a family member took me shopping because the army gives you lots of carbs. And so I carved up and needed some new clothes. And um, and I wrote a check and then I got a notice that I was overdrawn in my check account that the check had cleared, but I was overdrawn that amount that had been covered. And my $15,000 was now a negative amount 
Um, I'd also been sold a car that didn't belong to the person. And so I didn't have proper title. So I lost out on that. The car got impounded. Um, it was just a really difficult situation to be in. It was a really close family member that I found had been writing checks on my account the entire time I've been gone. And um, so as a new recruit, you um, you have to give a permanent address. So my checks were going to this permanent address of this family member, and they were then using my my checks to write and uh, on the account and had spent all my money. So I, I didn't realize I could go to the bank um, and say that this was a forgery and that they would have to pay me that money back. And so I, I couldn't go back to the school that I was going to because of um, because I didn't have any money. I went down to our local library and got one of those big college books and started calling um, different colleges to see where if anyone would give me a, a scholarship and found one um, in South Texas. And at this time now, I was in the National Guard and then... Um, was able to get rides all the way down to Keensville, Texas, which is really far from my hometown here in Oklahoma, and uh, started school there. Um, I met my husband that very first day, and so my enlistment experience uh, went through that time period, uh, both being going on in base training at IET and then being on active duty at Fort Leonard Wood, but then going into the National Guard uh, while I was in school, and then got married. My husband got his active duty orders to go to Hawaii. And that's kind of how the story kind of starts shifting. But those were my early experiences with the military. And that was the financial side of it from a leadership development piece, you know, being taught and the foundation of ethics and leadership and what your responsibilities are as an individual, as part of an organization. That was the most, that was the biggest leap in my professional development um, as I look back on my career that I've experienced. So it's an extraordinary opportunity for a rite of passage for a young person, both financially as well as to rise out of poverty um, and um, situations in which maybe there aren't a lot of pathways to be able to grow or to to develop. Well, I appreciate this narrative even much more now because I I didn't know that Citizens Bank of Edmond was tied into this earlier. And if I look at the archetype here, there's an archetype in, in story mythology called Voyage and Return. And so you you really had this voyage and return coming, coming there and then coming back. I, I want to flash forward to where we're at today because that experience, um, I think, really shaped your, your thinking um, and, and perhaps even planted some seeds at the time that you might not have been consciously aware of, but they were taking root in a heart of growth. Uh, and, and take us back now to when this idea of, of Roger was, was nothing more than an idea in the mind. I'm a big believer that you create the future first and foremost with a thought. And then that thought has to be brought out and then take action upon that. Um, I've been reading a lot of books that were written back in the early 1900s, um, as, as man thinketh, um, outwitting the devil by Napoleon Hill, which, you know, a lot of people think of Napoleon Hill, they think, think and grow rich. I'm like, well, go read outwitting the devil. Cause it's an amazing, amazing read. Um, the works of Florence Scovelshin. So this idea of thought, what was the thought? What was the inspiration when when Roger was just that, it was just a thought, it was just an idea. Yeah, it really, um, I was I was appointed to be a civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army in 2019. And at that time, uh, when I was approached about serving in that role, 
um, I shared for the first time, really professionally, my story that, okay, I don't know if I'm the right person because this is some of the experience that I've had. And it was really hard for me. Um, it was the army was great, but you know, it wasn't a four-star general when I left. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was a very transformational part of my, my life. And I was encouraged to continue telling that story. Um, and so when I started telling it, you know, you're ashamed sometimes needlessly about decisions that you think you made, but really there were more circumstances around you. But I started sharing the story and then others started sharing their stories and really connecting over uh, these life experiences. We had talked about Sam Mall, who's um, you know one of the, the kind of godfathers in our fintech community, who has a really similar story in his military career. And so uh, for me, I think it was first I figuring out that it wasn't just me. This is a common story that happens in our military community, not just 30 years ago, but even today. And we even have a young lady today who works for us that she, because she can open an account independently at 17, she, um, her uh, close family member had to be on the account with her. That person ran into credit situation and the garnishment happened on this young person's account um, because of the need to have a person on there at 17. And so those those stories are what stitch together that there's this need. And I was uh, approached by a gentleman named Brian Claggett, who's an incredible mentor of mine, who said that he had a, potentially a digital bank idea. And, um, and I hadn't been thinking about a military digital bank, but it was like magic happened thinking about the opportunity to be able to deliver digitally to young people at a very solid cater to them. Uh, financial institution as part of Citizens Bank of Edmond and um, and be able to have the, the technology to do that. But then the story and all the experiences and all these people I knew that had the challenges and if they were going to develop the perfect date for them, bank for them at 19, what would that look like? And to be able to put that all together, it just happened so fast. Um, and I think that's where we have to be in a constant state of listening. Whenever you're growing that growth mindset, you have to be in this constant state of learning and listening and hearing the stories of others, because then you can see those opportunities really kind of unfold for you. And it just happens so rapidly, um, just like almost like a video game or something that just like the next chapter just unfolds in front of you um, because it's all coming together right now. And that that pain from the beginning was worth it because it would build this this solution in the end. Well, when you're talking about this and the stories are now connecting and resonating with others, um, I think it's this idea um, around money. Uh, we, we, we tend not to want to have that conversation, but from my experience, the more that we can facilitate that and just share the truth, the truth is the truth. And if, if that can help guide someone else on their own journey, it does open up new opportunities. It does provide the ability to write new chapters. And, and that's why I appreciate how Roger is so focused on being the helpful guide for heroes in the military community as, as once again, every hero needs a helpful and empathetic guide. I, I'm curious to, for this though, you know, when we think about the role of community um, transforming beyond physical borders um, and boundaries and, and, and zip codes, thanks in part to digital, where might there be other opportunities for community financial brand leaders who are watching or listening to this to create to create from a heart of growth, from a place of care? What's the opportunity? Oh my goodness, there's so many. And that really just comes from your own stories. So I could just see 
Um, I, I know so many wonderful bankers with strong agricultural backgrounds that grew up on a ranch or farm. You know, there's there's unique needs related from a commercial and a personal side when it comes to the agricultural community. And there's an opportunity, I think, right there for someone that has that experience to be able to really cater to that community in a way beyond just in the lobby and, and how we're going out you know, to uh, the ranchers and the farmers um, as an individual. I think there's a way to digitalize that too. And it's just a, a little example of just taking your own story, your own expertise, and how do you create more of a greater accessibility, thinking about the person that can't get to you, how do you make it where your level of service is accessible to them? And that's really how we thought about it here at Citizens was, okay, we can serve the service member very well in our bank, in our, within our bank walls. How do we make this that we can serve any service member well, no, no matter where they're located, even our own customers who may be on the other side of the world? And so I think really understanding understand your own stories, where your expertise lies well beyond typical banking expertise, but your life expertise, and those are your team, and then be able to cater that to a, a different sector. There's unlimited opportunities in that world. It's, it's I, I would say there's a little bit of Socratic wisdom here. It's knowing yourself, knowing your story, and and being okay to lean into that and share that because when we think about what digital provides, digital is a multiplier. It allows us to multiply the message, get it out at an exponential rate, at an exponential scale. Back to your point, the, the speed at which you perceive that this has unfolded um, is thanks in part two to collaborations. Like there's been others, if we think about you know the, the story of Frodo um, in Lord of the Rings, it wasn't just Frodo and Gandalf. Frodo had a an entire group of, of those supporting Frodo on this journey. The same is true for you on your journey and the same is true of how, and I like the way you frame this, to serve the service uh, member. I, I want to come back, though, and, and look at this maybe from a different lens. Um, when, when you think about this experience to launch Roger, what's been the biggest lesson that you have learned along the way that would be helpful for other financial brand leaders who who could avoid some maybe painful pitfalls of their own based upon your experience to get to where you're at launching Roger today? What would be a big lesson here? Uh, probably the biggest lesson I would say would be um, – you know, as there's, it's, I would say two things. One is community bankers are exceptional risk managers. And we bet you can make the mistake of being risk avoiders. And so utilize that risk management skill to be able to really assess whether you can mitigate the risk associated with an initiative or not. And lean into those expertise that you already have and tr transfer them over to a potential digital experience, especially as you evaluate different vendors and partners. On the vendors and partners front, I've learned a lot there. And um, to me, the mindset, the, um, the collaboration opportunities with a vendor or partner is much more important than even the product that they have. And I think we can make the mistake that we're chasing the shiny product and forgetting about who we potentially could be doing business with. As a small institution, one location, 55 team members, we need uh, partners, vendors that will listen to us that see the value in doing business with us that hope to learn from us and, and treat us with respect in that way, because that allows us to also 
um, treat them with respect and have an influence over where a product goes. And to me, that's much more important than being able to pull something on the shelf that just like checks the box to meeting the needs. So I would say making sure we're valuing ourselves as risk managers, expert risk managers. And then secondly, ensuring that you're partnering with those with similar mindsets and missions because you can achieve magic then not just the implementation of a project project that mindset and mission you know we we look at this as an exponential multiplier to where one plus one doesn't just necessarily equal three anymore one plus one can equal 10 one plus one can equal 100 because it's bigger than uh, the present moment we're, we're we're committed to a cause greater than the present moment a mission greater than the present moment and that's where i want to look ahead towards the future um your vision your larger vision when it comes to roger taking care of and connecting heroes uh, in the military with their money uh, through the ease of, of digital banking through mobile money management through financial resources what's the bigger vision what's the bigger future that you have for roger going forward well, when you look at the statistics when it comes to military families and service members, there's been a lot of progress in financial literacy. The efforts from the Department of Defense have been extraordinary in the different service components. And there's been lots of military banks out there serving the military communities more geographically. Um, so when I think about the future, um, it's really making it where um, we're impactful when it comes to more than 40% of military families right now are food insecure. Um, that's unacceptable. And so when I think about the impact that Roger can make by building a strong foundation of financial principles and you know eliminating the shame associated with learning about how to manage budgets, how to, um, as you think about um, your income growing, making sure that you don't have lifestyle creep that keeps you from being at a point where you are secure and being able to put food on your family, the table for your family. So I think eliminating you know, that statistic completely, looking at um, predatory lenders are still, the, still preying on our service members despite so much protection around them legally, um, eliminating that, um, that accessibility by giving options that allow credit scores to be built very strongly, an understanding of credit alternatives, what those costs are and what those implications are. So you know, we have a very robust financial literacy program that we're integrating with Roger. And what we really would love to do is be able to build a community of mentors. Um, this has been a priority for several of our um, advisory board members so that if you're a young soldier or Marine coming in, um, that you have someone that's been there, done that, that's also giving you the guidance as well as the infrastructure provided by Roger. I I so appreciate the thinking because it's going far beyond just, once again, the, the idea of the transactional dollars and cents. You're, you're really, in, and this is where when, when you're facilitating community, and in this particular case, the military community, you know things. For example, I didn't know that 40% struggle with food insecurity. Um, but to have that knowledge, to have that expertise, allows you to think differently and then take action accordingly to create greater value. Um, I also appreciate the idea of mentorship and guideship. Uh, this, this, this narrative that, that we're telling today of, of being the helpful guide, not just with an account, but, but also providing support with, with humanity, people connecting with people. And, and it's on this idea of the human connection is, as we start to wrap up, I always like to send 
those that are watching and listening away with a practical recommendation, one action that they can take on their own journeys of growth, what would that be, that one thing uh, for those who are watching or listening to continue to care for people in their communities, to offer more than just another commoditized product, but really provide a transformational path for growth um, to create a bigger, better, brighter future rooted in the heart of growth? When are we really created magical moments um, in some of our initiatives. It's been from the start of if we do good, we'll do well. And I think sometimes we can really get caught up with the cost benefit analysis of whether we should do something or not. Whenever, if something is important to do and you're doing it good for good and you're doing it from a selfless service standpoint, you are almost guaranteed to have the do well on the other side of that. The, the financial rewards will follow by finding where the gaps are, serving in a way in which you are doing so wholeheartedly, and then the fruits of your labor will come back to you tenfold. And so that do good, do well to me, that mindset and making decisions on how to move forward with different initiatives, I think is an extraordinary way to continue growing and really be able to view your community in a different way than just financial opportunities, really looking at the opportunities to make an impact and to be a good citizen. Uh, I, I appreciate that perspective. Uh, as many know, my sign off on, on the podcast is be well, do good, be the light. Because when we, when we are, you know, if you think about finances, um, it can be a very stressful situation. Um, it can feel like one is trapped in a cave without light, uh, or that they're dr drowning, trying to keep their head above water. And sometimes it's, it's, it's just having that beacon of light, having that beacon of hope that, Hey, there's someone there to help me. And, and I guess, you know, that's where I, I'm just so grateful for the work that you're doing for this military community, because you are being a beacon of light. You are giving them help. You are giving them hope. And it is from a, a heart of growth. And, and this has been such a great conversation, Jill. Thank you so much. What's the best way for someone who is listening or watching to connect with you and, and perhaps continue the conversation that we've started here today? That's great. Yeah, I'm always accessible via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so just at Jill Castilla. You can also follow Citizens Bank of Edmond or Roger.bank um, on any social media platform. And you can always text me. My cell phone number is 405-808-8993. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to have this conversation. But we're we're an open book here. I think engagement, accessibility, and transparency are really important in building relationships. And we can only learn more when we engage with one another. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Absolutely. And on that note, connect with Jill, learn with Jill, grow with Jill. Jill, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me. Until next time. And as always, be well, do good, and be the light. <laughs>